Talent Talk Tuesdays is all about harnessing your God-given talents to live with greater clarity, purpose, and joy. You are wonderfully made, my friends. May all we do be for God's glory. Welcome to Talent Talk Tuesdays. I'm your host, Lisa Maladnik. And first, I'd like to thank everyone who's been reaching out with comments and kind words. I appreciate you so much. It means the world to me that you listen to the show and that by God's grace, you're being blessed by these weak efforts, which I offer to God in obedience. I believe he asked me to do this. And so I know he's faithful to give his blessing. And I say this to encourage you to step out in obedience and trust him to bring the fruits, which brings me to our topic for today. Something that's been burning in my heart lately, and it's the concept of obedience, which I talked about last week, but I want to add some nuances. The Bible tells us that when we obey, we are blessed. Obedience leads to blessing. Obedience is a major key to God's favor. That can be hard for us to hear, especially if we've grown up in a Western first world nation like the US, where we are told incessantly, do your own thing, rules don't apply to you, just do it. But we don't always naturally intuit the right thing to do. Because God's ways are not our ways, and we miss the mark fairly often. Our relationship with him in some ways is mysterious. So let's hear from Isaiah about that mystery. If your Bible's handy, turn to chapter 55, look at verses 8 to 12. That's Isaiah 55, 8 to 12. This will be familiar to many of you. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now, as we continue with Isaiah, listen for God's holy purposes designed into his creation. And remember that in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, we're told that all things were created through the word of God, through Christ, the word. So back to Isaiah 55 and God's purposes. Yet just as from the heavens the rain and snow come down and do not return there till they have watered the earth, making it fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows and bread to the one who eats, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but shall do what pleases me, achieving the end for which I sent it. Hear obedience in that. It shall do what pleases me. And think of your own design as being created through God's word, as all of creation was through the word of God. Now hear his blessing on that obedience. Okay, this is back to Isaiah. Yes, in joy you shall go forth, in peace you shall be brought home. Mountains and hills shall break out in song before you. All trees of the field shall clap their hands. And it just goes on. It's absolutely beautiful. God designs, he purposes, he sends, and he rewards obedience. Now let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. This is a real quick little Bible study, and then I'll, and I'll move on from there, but this is so rich. These verses in Deuteronomy chapter 28 are often referred to in the Protestant world as the obedience blessing. And I'm just going to give you a couple of snippets. Read the whole thing. It's really extraordinary. Okay? Deuteronomy 28. 
Now, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, carefully observing all his commandments which I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and overwhelm you when you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So why a Bible study today? Because obedience is one of the major keys to our happiness, to understanding our talents, believe it or not, and the scriptures help us to hear the voice of God. So we should refer to them in everything. In fact, St. Ambrose said, we have been given sacred scripture so that God and man may talk together. For we speak to him when we pray. We hear him when we read the divine saying. Okay, so when we pray, we talk to him. When we read scripture, he talks to us. Think of that, how precious that is. So we want to hear God about everything. And obedience is a major theme, as I said, in sacred scripture, because it has to do with the incomparable gift of our free will. Now, most of us can appreciate the extraordinary natural world around us and beyond us all the way out into the universe. All of it obeys God by design. The stars and planets interact through the laws of physics and obey an extraordinarily complex and ordered set of laws. Closer to home, plants engage in photosynthesis continuously, which is an incredible process. All day long, they convert sunlight to the perfect plant food. It's amazing. The well-known Catholic convert and chemist, Dr. Stacy Trasankos, explains in her book, Particles of Faith, that attempting to recreate photosynthesis in a lab opened her to the reality of God. His design was not replicable in a lab. She was an atheist at the time, and this blew her mind. It was too complex and mysterious. She literally stood staring out the window of the lab at a tree, thinking, what an incredible machine. Like she just didn't, couldn't quite grasp it, and it just struck her. And she fought against it for a long time, but the wonder of God's laws in action blew her mind. But plants were simply doing what they were designed to do, and she couldn't do anything about it. So right now, actually, I'm listening to the birds singing outside my window, and every time I hear them, I think the birds are obeying God. They are made to sing and communicate through certain patterns of sounds as part of the symphony of God's creation. I hope that you're catching on how this relates to God's design of our unique talents. But apart from human beings, everything about the created world obeys the creator in its very nature. For instance, a dog will never cease to be a dog. He will obey his own nature just as a spider will obey its own nature consistently and without variation. But as human beings, we have free will and we can disobey the laws of God. For us, the laws that govern us are much more than just the physical laws that operate automatically in our bodies. The laws he gives us are laws of love, laws to contemplate, be curious about, at times even to question in order to understand more deeply. But always they are pathways either toward God or away from him, whether we choose to obey or disobey. But when we obey his laws, we become what we ought to be. More and more of the power and potential of our design comes into communion with the creator. When we embrace his design with all our strengths and limitations, we say yes. We give a fiat. And that affects the course of our lives. Think of it this way. 
God is conducting a massive symphony with all of his creation responding in unison. There is so much about God that is a unity. The Trinity, God himself, is a unity of three persons. Jesus prayed that we would be one as he and the Father are one. And as the great conductor conducts his universe, as the Psalms tell us, all of creation gives him praise. Scripture tells us that praise is the perfect sacrifice, and all of creation makes that perfect sacrifice continuously by its nature, by God's design. Something really fascinating about Dr. Don Clifton's talent research and for those of you who may be joining us for the first time or maybe don't know much about the Clifton Strengths Assessment or the Gallup Corporation, Dr. Clifton was a researcher in the 1960s, right at the point where the positive psychology movement was kicking into high gear. And the idea of positive psychology is that traditional psychology always looks at what's broken in order to help fix it, which is wonderful. It's greatly needed. But if we're always focusing on what's wrong with the people we meet or in ourselves, we miss the rest of the person in front of us. We miss the opportunity to call out and strengthen what is good and true and beautiful in them, as the angel did with Gideon, which I talked about last week. And as believers, we can add to the good, the true, and the beautiful what's glorious because it's made by God himself. So Clifton, who was a devout Christian, discovered thousands of natural talents in his research over several decades. He studied hundreds of thousands of high-performing individuals, and those studies produced amazing insights. Clifton discovered that natural talents could all be cultivated quickly for exponential growth in individuals to help them live in their natural design and experience remarkable success and happiness. And he grouped those thousands of talents into themes, which are clusters of talents that tend to show up together in individuals. But here's something fascinating. Dr. Clifton asserted that each talent theme possessed the seed of its own wisdom by design. Think about that for a moment. God doesn't just make mechanical talents so that you can do work for him. In the very essence of who you are as an individual, he plants seeds of holy wisdom that come to fruition in maturity. To grasp this, think about who God is. God is extraordinarily, incomprehensibly beautiful beyond our imagining. He is sweet, tender, generous, joyful, creative, and all-powerful, almighty. And out of obedience to the Father, his Son, Jesus, suffered beyond imagining to save us. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that believers might not perish, but have eternal life. So why would that God of such beauty and merciful love put a bunch of so-so talents in you that he didn't really want to use or that he only wanted you to sort of use and not actually love them or appreciate them. As if they were just purely mechanical in nature in order to do some work without any of the delight and exuberance of the rest of his magnificent creation. Well, of course, you know that's not right. He placed those talents in you to continue to reflect the beauty and perfection of his love to the world. And you can be sure that all of those various reflections of him that are designed into your very being 
bring into the world God's light when they are ordered toward him. And of course, that's in our own well-meaning but imperfect way. But even our desire to obey him pleases him. But what is God's light? And why did he call us the light of the world? I suppose because we are helping carry his light into the world. We are making his heart visible to the world. And what does light do? It casts out darkness. You can see why the enemy wants to snuff out that light. We sing God's praises with our light, just as the rest of creation sings God's praises in the way it's designed. So by embracing God's design, we honor the designer. So I'd like to encourage you to pray today. And I wrote a little prayer, so bear with me. But here goes. Lord, come into my whole being, my body, my soul, my mind, my heart, that intuitive place in my gut, and move into every subatomic particle in my being, all of it wonderfully made. Be with me, abide with me, act through me. Bless me, give me the grace of obedience. Make me completely free in your love. Just as the Ten Commandments are life-giving guardrails that steer us to deep wisdom and authentic freedom, Lord, your unique design in me contains guidance and wisdom and beauty that you wish to speak into the world. And I want to be part of the symphony of praise of your creation every day of my life. So help me to live a selfless, other-oriented, beautiful life in the unique ways that you have ordained in me, that you have anointed to a purpose. Lord, let your light shine in me forever. Amen. <laughs> this little light of yours is wonderfully made, my friends. Thank you for listening. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me too. God bless you.